Everybody Suffers, so how can I pray for you? Welcome to the EverybodySuffers.com podcast. My hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation or so that you can share consolation with others. Today, we're going to be talking about um, seven images of our Blessed Mother, seven kind of picture this as like trading cards, baseball trading cards or football trading cards. This podcast is sponsored by Our Lady of Kibeho. Kibeho, Rwanda was the site of the most recent major church-approved apparition of Our Blessed Mother. She warned us of the Rwandan genocide of 1994, and she reintroduced the Seven Sorrows Rosary. Mary gave this warning more than 10 years before the genocide, which she confirmed by predicting the death and resurrection of three visionaries in Rwanda. And the warning she gave the people of Rwanda She specifically said it was not just for Rwanda, but a warning for the whole world. So what will you do now? Will you pray the rosary every day, as she asked? Or will you one day regret not having done enough to prevent what she warned us about? I'm Carl Brown, and today I'm talking about seven scenes from the life of Mary, seven images of the life of Mary. And you know, when when you consider the fact that the human population of the planet just recently went over 8 billion, and when you think about the fact that there are 8 billion people on the planet, and when you think about the fact that for all of human history, before us, before, before these 8 million people, 8 billion people were alive, there were probably another 7 or 8 billion people, whatever the number I think it's safe to say that in the history of the world, there have been 10 billion plus people, maybe 15 billion. And we can't possibly in our minds hold information about the memory of those people. We can about some, and we can remember, you know, more things about some people than others. We know more about, and we remember more about George Washington than we do of, oh, I don't know, um, um, one of the lesser-known presidents, the ones that you can't think of. And I I kind of compare this to a football trading card or a baseball trading card. You know, when when there's an athlete who's popular and he's he's got a good record, good statistics, he's been successful... And his image is put on a trading card. That's the one image. That's it. That's there's not there's not likely to be another chance to put that image, put a new image out there. And so it is with these people from history, Napoleon or Joan of Arc or uh, you know anyone, Edgar Allan Poe or uh, let's see who else. Anybody, anybody from Emily Bronte or Shakespeare, when when I say their name, you can only probably imagine one image of them, maybe one phrase about them. But then there are people who who we know even less about. So, for example, if I say Sacagawea, you, there's probably very little you know about her, and you maybe don't even know. Even by the name, you don't even know what family she's from. 
because she didn't have a family name attached to her. And the point of this is that in our mind, as we think about people from history, there's very little that we can call to mind about them. Their legacy has been reduced to a single image, probably just a single word, if that, because there's so many people that we, we, there is, they've been lost to history. But with Mary, there are at least seven images. And as we talk about the saints, and if you go to Rome or, or even beautiful churches in Europe or, or even the beautiful churches in, in the United States where there's art portraying these saints, there's a common image. There's a common um, representation of this person. And usually like, it'll portray the, the means by which they died. So St. Paul might be holding a sword or St. Saint Peter, you might see an upside down cross. Whatever it is, whatever was the, the way that they died, or especially for martyrs, you would see the way that they died, the implement of their death. And there's very few people for whom we can have in our head, just because we just don't have much room in our head. There's very few people for whom we can have more than just one image. But check this out. With the seven sorrows of Mary, there are at least seven scenes from the life of Mary. And, and if you add to that the nativity, there's at least eight. So, but let's just say these seven. There's seven scenes of the life of Mary. She can be known or portrayed or remembered through these different scenes. And the seven sorrows are the prophecy of Simeon, which is also the presentation of Jesus in the temple. Or the, the second sorrow is the flight into Egypt. The third sorrow is the loss of Jesus in Jerusalem, or the finding of Jesus in the temple. The fourth sorrow, Mary meets Jesus on the road to Calvary. The fifth sorrow, Mary stands at the foot of the cross, popularly portrayed in churches whenever there's a crucifix depicted in art. There's usually an image of Mary there. The sixth sorrow, Mary holding the dead body of Jesus, portrayed by Michelangelo in the Pieta, and then the burial of Jesus. Maybe less well-known, but still, you know, an image of the Blessed Mother that people have in their heads. And close to where I live in Cincinnati, there is a, a Seven Sorrows Chapel, a chapel of the Seven Sorrows of Mary, with artwork depicting each of these seven scenes. And in each of these seven sorrows, you can see that it is a, it's an accomplishment. For example, a trading card of a baseball player might show them hitting a baseball because they were known for, for having a good batting average. Or an image of a of a football player might be them running the ball with their with a stiff arm out ready to hold off defenders it's those images are capturing the the success of that individual the legacy that 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 person has and and, and so it is with mary she 
is portrayed as standing at the foot of the cross. That is the greatest triumph of humanity. Mary standing at the foot of the cross. Why? Because she, it's the greatest suffering that anybody, any human creature had ever experienced. And as she's watching her son be murdered in front of her, and he's innocent, and yet she didn't respond in hatred. She didn't lash out. She didn't. She didn't take revenge. She didn't want revenge. And you know, even Moses, who is a great figure from history, who might have a couple of images associated with him, you know, holding the the Ten Commandments or standing uh, ready to strike the, the Nile River. When God said, I want you to go to Pharaoh, he, his reaction was, uh, no, don't send me. And God says, no, I want you to go to Pharaoh. He says, but I'm you know, not worthy of this, but no, I want you to go <laughs> take this message to Pharaoh. But no, but send somebody else. I'm still out of speech. Um, he had several objections to God asking him to go. Mary didn't. In the Annunciation, which is another image of Mary, she didn't hesitate. She said right away, yes. The only thing she did is to say, since I have made a, per a perpetual vow of virginity, how will this happen? That's the only thing. That wasn't an objection. She's just like, okay, well, how's this going to work? And and in each of the scenes of the Seven Sorrows, she's her her yes to God is coming through. She is... She is hearing the prophecy of Simeon, and she's saying yes again, like, okay, I know that my life is going to have sorrow in it. I'm, my, my soul will be pierced by a sword, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. She's saying yes to God again there. In the flight into Egypt, she's caring for her child, Jesus, as she's crossing the desert. As she's looking for Jesus in Jerusalem, she's ardently looking. She's She's single-minded in her search for Jesus. And in each of these scenes, she's portraying, she's portrayed as uh, exhibiting this virtue, a virtue of humility with Simeon or, or single-mindedness with the loss of Jesus or patience as she meets Jesus carrying the cross or, uh, and so on. These are scenes of great uh, a great legacy of Mary's. She's, she's, she triumphs in these scenes because she could say no to God. She could have, she could have turned inward and, and, and turned to sin and said, no, I'm not going to allow this to happen. She, but she was not a stumbling block to Jesus's passion as Peter wanted to be at first. He says, Peter says to Jesus in Matthew 16, God forbid that anything like this should ever happen to you. And then she also didn't deny Jesus and say, I don't know him. She didn't betray him. She, in each of these scenes, she's practicing heroic virtue. She's, she's showing herself to be persevere in adversity. She's the greatest example for us. And the question for us is, what is going to be the one word or the one image that we have as a legacy for our life? How will people know us? 
if if someone's going to write up a summary of your life, if if someone as a biographer is going to chronicle your life, what are they going to say about you? And some of you might be thinking, well, who's going to write a book about me? And that's my point. The book to be written about you will probably be condensed to a phrase at best, maybe even just one word. What will be that word? What will be the scene of your overcoming adversity that will be the only scene, the only visible memory that anyone can have of you? How you handled a car accident, how you handled a, 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 you know, a failure of a, of a job or a company, or how you handled an illness, how you handled adversity, because people aren't remembered for having just skated through life. People aren't remembered for just having everything handed to them. And that, that, that's not inspiring. We don't, we don't have, we don't have statues of people who didn't have to overcome an enemy to protect their people that we have statues of people who courageously defended their city or who stood up for something at great personal cost. But we don't, we don't care about the people who didn't have to do anything. And so I'm saying this, the whole purpose of this podcast is to help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation or that you could share it with other people. If someone's going through a hard time, that's their chance to shine. That's their chance to say yes to God. That you know, and Saint Job says, "The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away." Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that's how we know Job for how he handled that. But if nothing bad had ever happened to him, it, there literally would be no plot line. There'd be no point to share that story. So when you are experiencing adversity, when you are experiencing suffering, your response to that is your opportunity to have a legacy. It's your opportunity to say yes to God and say, I'll accept the blessings from God, and therefore I will also accept the, the, um, the challenges, the adversity, the things that don't appear as a blessing until they're looked at through the benefit of hindsight. We only have a few years here on earth and the few years that we have are going to be summarized in very short number of words, maybe just one word, maybe just one image. And we have the chance to determine what that image is going to be, what that word is going to be. Will that word be just a noun, accountant, architect, banker, Will it be a noun of endearment, father, brother, husband? Or will it be an adjective, diligent, courageous, creative? And let's be careful because the noun could be a bad noun, liar, thief, murderer. Or it could be a bad adjective, stingy, arrogant, conceited. The seven sorrows of Mary are seven opportunities for us to, to witness someone 
practicing heroic virtue to a degree that no one else can even compare to the virtue of Mary standing at the foot of the cross. The seven stars gives us an opportunity to, to see that example and to learn from it and to model our life after so that we can grow in virtue, so that we can, we can say yes to God, so that we can be a source of encouragement to others around us, so that we can demonstrate resilience in adversity, and so that we can overcome the, the temptations to turn inward. The seven sorrows are an opportunity for us to see that adversity is the opportunity for us to paint a portrait of our life. So pray the seven sorrows rosary. Ask yourself, what must be, what must have been on the mind of Mary that enabled her to walk with Jesus to Calvary without lashing out? What must have been on the mind of Mary to stand at the foot of the cross without saying, you know, someone bring me a, a lazy boy? <laughs> what must have been on the mind of Mary as she said, okay, it's time to bury Jesus's body when so many other people had walked away and left. And, and, and even many, many people who were crucified, their bodies were never buried. They were just left on the, on the cross to be ravaged by scavengers. What must have been on the mind of Mary to be able to practice this humility throughout her life? And then ask God to help you grow in those virtues. Thank you for joining me in this podcast. I'm Carl Brown, and this is the EverybodySuffers.com podcast. Everybody suffers. How can I pray for you? You can email me your prayer requests at carl at everybodysuffers.com. And also, podcast statistics are hard to come by, so if this episode was helpful to you, please let me know. My hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation or so you can share consolation with others. God bless you. Have a great day.